Hello, welcome back to The Jack Show. This is uh, the Two DJs, One House podcast, uh, which the more I say it, the cringier it sounded. It sounded really cool when we first had it. At least we've got a good soundtrack, though. Yeah, yeah, true. Oh, yeah. Cue the music. <laughs> So I thought I'd start the show off by um, just venting. Right, okay. My, I don't know if anyone else does this or if anyone else's siblings or parents do this or their partners, I don't know, or their friends, anyone basically, the dog. Uh, I don't know if anyone else does this, but <clears throat> my dad, when he finds a song that he loves, yeah. just goes through bursts of constantly, constantly playing it for like yeah. three or four months at a time on loop. He just oh, constantly plays months. it in the house. Yeah, just like months of it. And oh, then just God. won't play it for six to eight months whilst he's constantly playing another song, another song, another song, another song. Yeah. And then it comes back around in like a year's time or six months' time, back to this song again. He just plays it constantly Smashing on loop. Again. Well, I'm I'm not like that. I'm someone who for like four, three or four weeks will just madly play a song and then I never play it again, really. I play it here and yeah. there, but not really. I'm onto the next thing really quickly. He takes so long. I don't know if anyone else does that. Radio 1 do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they Your do. Your dad could work for Radio 1. Or Heart Radio. Heart Radio with Dale's dad. <laughs> Dave. Dave. Oh, um, so I was thinking, what is a song that you have played on repeat because you love it so much? What's, what would be like your number one song, favourite song? For a while it was probably, it's been so many obviously, mm. but um, for a while it was Man With The Red Face by Laurent Garnier. Oh, so really? I had a bit of a moment with that in the nightclub in uh, in Liverpool. Oh really? What happened? It was New Year's Eve and I'd never heard it before and it's just... It's just the way it creeps in. It, I think it was just after midnight, and it mm. was a really good night anyway. It just just after midnight, everyone done the the old anxiety thing in the club, mm. and then it comes in, ding 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 ding, and the the saxophone comes in, and the little riff, the piano riff. It's like oh, never heard it in my life. It took the top of my head off. Like really, I think I had to have it imported from somewhere random, like Italy or something. It cost me like really eighteen quid or twenty quid or oh something like that for the track. But yeah, that's. What a tune! Like I listened to that on repeat. In fact, it was in my record set for a long time, but you know, it kind of had its time and it got shelved for a bit, and then it came back again. There was a there was a remix done of it, and yeah, a few years ago. What makes you love it so much? Um, the fact that I guess I had a connection with it at the time because it just it just something resonated with me when the tune came on and everyone felt it in the room. I love that kind of thing as well. Yeah. It doesn't happen that often, but when it happens, you're like, oh, I just oh, love yes. it. Yeah. Difficult to describe again, isn't it? It's just unbelievable. I had a similar thing. Um, it was Fatboy Slim, actually. He came on, it was, it was in Liverpool again. I had, mm. I had a fair few years clubbing up there. I used to go up there quite a bit. And uh, it was a bugged out night. It was called Bugged Out. It was once a month. And it was in um, Cream that was. And uh, yeah, once a month didn't have that. And I thought really good DJs on and stuff. But the night was a bit... Occasionally you get a night, it's a bit meh. You know, not quite. It's, mm. it's good, but it's not... Uh, and then then... Fat boy come on, as he does, and just like honestly, just took the roof off, played cowgirl, underworld cowgirl, and just just when that that drops, like the whole place, when I felt <laughs> like the roof like, exploded. How big's the place? Um, 
it's quite big. I think I can't remember how many rooms it was. It was like, th- it's like three rooms or something. It's quite a vague memory. It was, this was a fair few years back when they used to go there, but it was pretty big. You know, you could wander around different rooms and stuff, and there's always shitloads of really good DJs on on those nights. You know. Um, I was going to ask you actually. There's a there's a thing um, like these little DJ rules or little laws or little things that you do or don't do. It's like you know tips that maybe DJ starting out actually doing it for a career or something wouldn't know. You know, like for me, one big thing is um, never lend anyone your headphone adapter. You ain't <laughs> seeing that ever again. Like, do you know what I mean? It's I've never done that before. Intention. Yeah, here's the thing. See, there you go. You learn something every day, don't you? Never lend it out because. As much as the guy's got good intentions, mm. they're going to walk off of it nine times out of ten. I think I've owned about six million of those <laughs> in my lifetime. I keep a pocket full of them just to give out. So what for you is a kind of a little thing that it's like you, you've either got to really do that every time you DJ or just watch out for that or mm. what, do you, what, what springs to mind for you? Um, not so much to look out for, but like advice that I would give someone yeah. who wants to be a DJ. I would say the biggest thing for me, there was a tough one because I, I had never had very thick skin when I was younger, yeah. um, would be to not take it personally when people give you abuse mm, because it happens constantly um, in commercial venues. Yeah. You just you just you know that you're going to get 10 or 15 people every single night. Majority <laughs> of them are drunk girls that come over <laughs> um, and give you abuse, but some guys do. Guys are usually more violent. Girls are more bitchy. Um, and and girls demand things. Guys are just like, <laughs> just really <laughs> unnecessarily play it like, violent. Yeah. Play it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just rude. Like, like spitting in your face, like really angry, like they're going to glass you if you don't play drum and bass <laughs> at like I had some, 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I had some guy um, smash the door open of the <laughs> DJ booth. He punched it so hard that it smashed open and oh the bolts God. came off because uh, he thought I laughed at him. <laughs> Yeah, and he got chucked out straight away. I just cut the music off, grabbed the microphone, went, can I have security, please? And they came rushing round, grabbed the guy, pulled him out, and he was like, causing a right old scene. <laughs> Funny, anyway. Uh, yeah, so I would say not to take things yeah. to heart because that was, for me, the hardest thing. It would upset me quite mm. a lot because I'd be like, oh, God, I really wanted everyone in there to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to have people come up being like, mate, you're rubbish. Gives you thick skin, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you know, one week I'll be, I'll be playing at a festival to like hundreds of people just loving it, just, you know, amazing time. The, the, the Two days later in, in a cheesy club, like earning a bit of bread and butter, like, mm. you know, and mate, what do you mean you haven't got that? You're shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, boo. It's like, really? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely 100. percent You got a thick skin, and it's like oh, I used to have really thin off. skin. <laughs> thin skin. <laughs> they called me El Thin Skin. Yeah, I used to have mega thin yeah. skin. Anything with I wouldn't want to upset anyone. Oh, Even that. though actually, oh, I don't know if I should talk about this. I think you're gonna have to now. It sounds good. Oh my god, I kind of just want to say it because it'd be a great title. Go <laughs> <laughs> hit me with it, man. All right. Okay, because I'm not like this now, and actually I had the best intentions. <laughs> oh God, what have you done? Did you kill someone? Um, no, but to be honest, at the time, I probably wish that I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was in primary school. Can I go to jail for this? Pro- I hope not. <clears throat> um, <laughs> what the hell is this about? I, think, I shot a child in the nipple. No, um, in the nipple. Why in the nipple? <laughs> one innie, one outie. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, so I was in primary school, uh, I yeah. recently told my parents this as well because they didn't know about this. 
It was an evil act of me as a child. When I was young, I was probably in like year three or something. No, less than that. I must have been year one. I was really, really what young. Year one? You were like six months old or something. No, you're something like seven or eight. How do I not know that? No, you're not seven or eight. You're less than that. You're like six. How do I not know this? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, you see, you were about six right at school. Yeah, yeah. and uh, my teacher when I joined the school was actually the head teacher. Okay. So, um, she was great. I loved her. She was called Mrs. Boland and she was amazing. I literally loved her. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I got down on one knee and I... <laughs> um, anyway, so um, there was this devil child in my lesson. I'm not going to say her name just because she probably wouldn't want anyone to find it, Jenny. Uh, and <laughs> well, that was actually her name as well. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't care, actually. I'm going to name and shame this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jenny, bitch. Oh, God. Anyway, so... Um, I dropped my phone. I was so, I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, this girl who is unnamed, Yeah. Uh, she was just a nuisance, constantly messing around in lessons, and not, everyone was trying to learn, and she was just being an idiot. So uh, one day we came out of assembly, and she was really rude to Mrs. Boland, my teacher. And I Ooh, loved her. And teacher. you were teacher's pet like mm. as well. Ooh. I was. She fed me <laughs> in oh. breast milk. <laughs> oh, That's the sure. title. Oh, my teacher fed me breast milk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're coming out of assembly and this, and Jenny, uh, I mean, unnamed girl was really nasty to my head teacher and like spitting at her and shouting at her and it made me really angry. So I left and the other teacher's like, come on, you need to leave now. Um, anyway, so I'm walking down the hallway and then the door opens from the hallway I've just come from and they're both coming out of there. Mrs. Boland's walking away and uh, this girl walks up, like walks out, runs up behind Mrs. Boland and pushes her and trips her over. Oh, what? And this Mrs. Boland was at the, the time... Head teacher in that? Yeah, she was quite chunky. <laughs> Can I, can I say that? Chunky. No, no. Was do you know what I mean? winter clothing? Is this what you're saying? Yes. Okay, because it was cold at that time. Yeah, that's what right, I meant. Carry on. No, I mean like she's she wasn't like a really skinny person. So she wouldn't shatter if she fell over. No, but she she would might she roll. She... <laughs> no, Barkley. Or would she bounce? Barkley. She would bounce. Which is just a couple of bruises and back up. Yeah. No, she. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she was the nicest woman ever. I loved her. Anyway, and she fell over and I heard it. And I turned around and I was like, <gasps> and then this girl was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. And she she really hurt herself. But the teacher was had to go off. Her teacher was like off for months. Anyway, she uh, she did something to her arm, broke it or something. Anyway, so I was really angry about this. Yeah. So at lunchtime. Oh no, what did you do? Did you sit in the sandwiches? It, in in the play area outside, the uh, it kind of had like a verandry bit with loads of wooden posts. The veranda. What and school did you go to? <laughs> the veranda and camels, and fifteen peacocks. Anyway, so I'm under this veranda, yeah. and then there's all these playthings outside, and yeah. I see her running down, doing laps of it, like a car or, or like a plane or oh, something, no. some stupid thing. She's running around, and I was fuming that she'd done this to the head teacher. <laughs> so I hid behind one of the planks. Right. And I was like, oh, she's coming past, she's coming past. Now she came past. I whacked my leg out in front of her, and she went absolutely flying. She wasn't a small child either. And she went absolutely That's flying. Really we used to have these big plastic circles that mm. were on wooden planks that you can crawl through them. 
and used to tie him up so it would go in and be like a snake. And she went flying into it and they tore apart and the wooden thing smacked her and the plastic thing went flying in the air. And I was like, oh my, I just thought she might just like stumble over. Anyway, she went flying, cut all over the place, screaming like this. Um, and a teacher pulled me aside. Why did you do that? How dare you? And I was like, <gasps> so she said, get inside now. We went in and I was absolutely pooing myself and all these people went and she went off in an ambulance. <gasps> yeah. You're going home in, a, in an ambulance. And I was like, oh my God, my parents are going to kill me. So I was in this room and this teacher said, why did you do that? And I said, because she pushed over Mrs. Boland. And the teacher looked at me and went, I'll pretend I didn't see that. <laughs> and we went outside. And that was it. I denied it. I was like, no, I want me. So, so in the end, no one knew what the had happened. Covered for you. The teacher covered because I guess that the teacher was angry at the child. And obviously the teachers can't do anything, but I did something, so I can't I, get in trouble because I was young. I reckon you and the teachers could get arrested for this now. I'm going to grass you up. Like. Do you actually think that? I, no, I don't think that. Nah. <laughs> no, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got really scared then. Your face was like... Oh I'm, gonna go to I'm too soft for prison. I can't, no, everyone's going to want to sleep with me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I always drop the soap in the shower. <laughs> I just remembered when you were talking about that. I don't yeah. know why. But, um, why was I talking about I, that? I really don't know. I think we, we need to talk to you, I think, about your issues. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just thinking, speaking of issues, um, obviously, because no fun story starts with a salad, um, what? So, <laughs> Can we call this episode No Fun Story Starts With A Salad? Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't like I stayed at home and had a salad. Well, what it was is I was about 20 odd years old out drinking. I used to live in the middle of town. It was literally in the middle of town. There was like... Um, <laughs> I used to live in the middle of town. It was literally like the middle of the town. <laughs> let, let me continue. <laughs> it was literally in the middle of town, right? Because there, there was a taxi rank directly in front and I was like... There was like a, a kind of flat roof you can climb out of a window and go on it and it was just like you looked out into the town. And uh, I noticed before I went out, there's this massive dead seagull on the flat roof. <laughs> and I was thinking, I don't know why that stayed in my mind when I went out on the lash. Came home, absolutely hammered and sharing a house. It was like, Roman, drinking tequila and stuff like me. And I kind of remembered it was there. Like was, all my housemates were there and stuff and came back in with this seagull in my hand. Through the window. The hell? Holding it up from its, its wingspan. Like, and I'm six foot one and it's literally touched the floor from its open wings when I was holding it by its wings. <laughs> my God, it's massive. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. I brought it in the house. I was like, oh, oh no, my God, no. Uh, What's wrong with you? Dude, I don't really know. It's That's a it cat around. you've left in. <laughs> left in, let in. And now a seagull you're hanging from its dead yeah. wings. But... <laughs> <laughs> So I store them in my cupboard. There really is something wrong with me. Um, but yeah, that it's, it gets a little bit worse. So so they're all screaming, get rid of it, get rid of it. So I'm like, oh, get rid of it. It was about three, four in the morning. There's people out all outside, queuing outside the taxi rank directly in front, eating chips mm. and cheese and doing what they do around these parts. And um, I sort of swung it round my head, oh, get rid of it. Threw it. Like swung it round my head, threw it. Literally landed <laughs> Girl with chips and stuff, <gasps> screaming, total chaos. People go, ah! obviously, it must have to them looked like it fell out of the sky or something, it landed in someone's chips, you know, a massive seagull. Oh my god, <laughs> I was falling over on the floor laughing. So, obviously, they're looking around and they can't see me because I'm just like, Poof. 
getting up and everyone's screaming and there's this big massive dead seagull on the floor. Yeah, I don't know why I thought of that, but... <laughs> there is definitely something wrong with me, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Have you ever seen anyone about that? What, about throwing seagulls and stuff? <laughs> no, just I've so you might have problems. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> What would you What would you want the the therapist to get to the bottom of? Um, what do you think they'd ask you? And how do you feel about that? <laughs> would you come and lie on this couch and talk about your life? <laughs> <sighs> how cool would that be as a job? You yeah, come in and just get the gossip from everyone. Oh, it would, wouldn't it? And you get paid really well as well. Get paid to hear all get paid. goss. Get paid to listen to people's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Only three hundred ninety nine dollars a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm in the wrong job. I know. So next, I thought I'd just throw out some musical facts here uh, to do with different artists. Oh, I like this. Uh, just to throw an oddball, is that the saying? <laughs> throw an oddball <laughs> What's the saying? Throw a... <laughs> I'm just going to throw an oddball at you. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. Throw a curveball. Oh, a curveball, not an oddball. That's just like a weird person. <laughs> I'm just going to throw this weird person at you. <laughs> right, so yeah. fact number one. David Bowie has a lizard tattooed on his ankle. Did. Oh, God. oh my God. Oh. R.I.P. A lizard tattooed on his ankle? Yeah. What a dude. I wonder why. I don't know. You can, can never ask him, though. No. Led Zeppelin didn't release singles during their heyday in the UK, and the B-side to the US release of the immigration song, oh, June. Hey Hey, What Can I Do? was the band's only non-album release. So oh. they only released singles. That's mental. Yeah. They only released albums. But yeah. They only released albums. That's <laughs> mental, isn't it? That's mad. One single. And they, they were a huge band. Massive rock band. Wow, that's really interesting, actually, because we're always... We just release singles. Yeah, but it's, it's like... It's, it's kind of a sad thing. There aren't many... You don't really get many good albums you can just... That, that come out you can just sit and listen to I love listening to a really good crafted album you know from start to finish it's really been thought about and put together well you know so everything's all about singles like everything's quick and just disposable and it's just nice to sometimes just chill out put a really nice album on and just you know just relax and enjoy it you know you don't get that a lot is there um, is there an album that comes to mind that you love listening to the whole way through two Definitely two, um, which would be um, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, definitely. Start to finish, it loops anyway, because it starts with a heartbeat, ends with oh, a right. heartbeat. <laughs> it's cool. a beautiful album. My friend um, got me, a, sold me a copy in the 90s for a pound. He found it at a car boot sale. He's like, I've already got a copy, but I picked it up because it was only a pound. You can have it if you give me the pound back. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I used to listen to that in the bath with my ears slightly under the water to get more sub. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> Um, and uh, Radiohead, The Bends. Ooh. Fantastic album. Absolutely love it. That's interesting that you love house music, but those two albums aren't house at all. No, not at all. That'd be interesting. The Bends for me, my, my word. I still listen to it now. I've listened to mm. it countless times. Thousands. What is it about it? Um, it sounds phenomenal. The songs are really good. And the, the, sounds nice, and the song's good. Yeah, no, it does. Like, it sounds phenomenal. The, just the way it's been produced is just unbelievable. Right. Just every little sound in there is just, just really just washes over you. It's beautiful. Do they produce it? No. And now, and now I'm I'm on the spot. I can't remember their producer's name. <laughs> <laughs> which is terrible. But it is a beautifully produced album. Right. 
Um, and the the songs are great as well. They were still sort of writing songs there because they did get a lot more sort of uh, jazzy and experimental mm. as they, they went further because obviously because they're such great musicians. But that's where they really nailed the song, like, you know, like the indie song, the rock song. Where are song. they from? And they're from England. Well, no, I mean, like, what, what part of I England? I don't know. Never, I've never I can't. Can you imagine him speaking? Is he, like, Scottish or something? I don't know. He's not Scottish. Where was Tom York born? Where was Tom York? Tom York was born in Northamptonshire. There you go. Oh, Northampton. There you go. Oh, my God. Look at him now. Fantastic. When was he born? I don't know. I reckon about 1976. 1968. Shit. Yeah. Blimey. Wow. What a musician, man. My, uh, my auntie and uncle actually met him. Did they? Yeah, randomly in a cafe somewhere. Oh. Yeah, they just sat down and they turned around and they're the biggest fans of Radiohead. They yeah, love yeah. Radiohead. And they sat down, they turned over, and they were like, oh, my God. Tom York. Is that Tom York? And they went over to the person at the bar, and they didn't want to be rude and interrupting because he was on his own, mm. sat there, didn't, and he, they thought, you know, you must have so many people coming up, being like, oh, my God, are you coming And they didn't want to be the kind of people to go, can we have pictures? Yeah, yeah. And they hate that kind of thing anyway, so they were just going to go up and just genuinely speak to him. That's, yeah. that's more like what my family's like, they're those kind of people. Yeah. Um, they don't really care about phones. Anyway, so... Basically, they're stuck in their stone age. <laughs> so Can I just the... carve your picture on a stone? <laughs> so they went up to the bar guy and said, sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but is that Tom York over there? And they went, yeah, yeah, this is his regular place. He comes in all the time. He comes here like three or four times a week. And... Oh, Tom's local. And yeah. How weird's that? They never went over to him because they, they didn't want to disturb him. Oh, of course. Yes, it's nice because you, you tend to get mobbed, don't you, when you're yeah. famous, as you know. <laughs> a mob. You got recognised at Love Summer, didn't you? That was fantastic. Oh my god, that was so weird. Ah, <laughs> oh, so we just done at Love Summer, which is a festival um, near Plymouth. Um, we just done a set there, and it was really cool, and it was it was the best. I was so nervous beforehand, wasn't I? I remember yeah. being really shaky, and like, oh god, I can't believe we're do this. So I had an alcoholic drink to try and calm me down a little bit, and uh, and which was really good. And we went. Um, did the performance and it went really well. It was great. Those people came in. They were very nice to us afterwards, saying how great it was. Um, and then we just got progressively more drunk as it went along. <laughs> and uh, and I just remember going into one of the other tents there, and it was this music I've never really heard before. I don't know how to describe. Is it like hardcore? It's like Dale's first rave. It's like that <laughs> bow noise. That's the kick. Yeah, yeah. Like a bow, 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 bow. It goes like that. Proper, proper banging hardcore. Like. Yeah. And they were playing that in there, and I was just so drunk. I was like, oh my god. I yeah. I never normally like this, but I loved it. Yeah. And this guy. Uh, this little kid, um, teeny little kid, he must have been a kid of some one of the parents that were there. Yeah. Um, which I think is interesting. They take him to a festival anyway. That's quite funny. Uh, anyway, so he's there and he had these headphones on. And I went in with these silly glasses on that had lights and they were all flying around <laughs> all over the place. And I went over to this kid and I felt really bad for him because he stood there on his own next to his parents just trying to enjoy this crazy music. <laughs> so I went over to the mum and I said, does he want to wear my glasses? And I think he had problems. Well, yeah, um, just listen to hardcore. They've all got problems. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's where all the broken gather together. <laughs> in the hardcore room. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I think yeah. um, I think he had problems. Um, and, and I was just like, oh, I want to make his night. So I gave him these glasses that had all these weird swirly things on and he was loving it. <laughs> and then he took them off and looked at me. 
And I, I was just looking at him like, what's going on? What are you looking at, mate? And he, and he, and he went, like, he was shocked. He's like, oh. And he'd grabbed my hand and he was dancing with me like, yeah, and it was great. And his mum was like, oh, thank you so much. And like that. Um, yeah, and he took his glasses off and looked at me and he went, oh, my God, are you that YouTuber? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I recognize. Whoa. This is weird. You see, you're famous in Plymouth now, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so going, carrying on with more facts, that's where we got to. Uh, Johnny Cash's estate was approached by an advertising company asking for permission to use Ring of Fire on an ad for hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> when it burns, 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 my ring's on fire, my ring's on fire. Oh, the request was kindly refused. <laughs> oh, God, I just that's think that's funny. Crazy. Um, Monaco's orchestra is bigger than its army. That's mental. So if it ever kicked off in Monaco, you'd send a, you'd send like twenty fiddle players out to to, to start it off to see what happened, like like pawns. Axel Rose will smoke for food. <laughs> Sat with a sign on the side of the road. <laughs> Axel Rose uh, uh, used to earn eight pound an hour for smoking cigarettes for a science experiment at California's UCLA. <sighs> That's amazing. That's crazy. That'd probably be illegal nowadays, wouldn't it? It's getting paid to smoke. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, mate, can you smoke these fags? I'll give you 20 quid. Um, no, mate. We've got Prince, some standards. Prince played 27 diff different instruments in his debut album for you. Wow. What, what, what a talent, man. 27. 27. Wow, man. That's mad. I wonder what they all were. That man was so talented. I don't know. He played, well, he definitely played guitar, and I know he played drums. Base. 27. I mean, that could be just every instrument under the sun, they surely. They must have thrown a triangle or a maraca in there. Just, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. kind of been 27, like, the, the oboe, the, <laughs> the steel drum, <laughs> the clavinova. Next up, Prince is going to play the violin. <laughs> Sponsored by Contact yeah. Strings. <laughs> Uh, when The Offspring's early drummer, James Lilger, left the band, he retrained as a gynecologist. A kind of suitable career swap, maybe. <laughs> uh, Hip-hop mega-producer Dr. Dre, born Andre Young, was a diver in his school swimming team. Muff diver. Muff diver. Oh, I just can't resist. You just ruin everything by making it rude. I know. I love it. <laughs> Andre the Muff Diver. <laughs> Who's that, 50 Cent? Yeah. 50 Cent is AKA No, Dr. Andre. Dre. Dr. Dre, sorry. Sorry, Dr. Dre. Get it right. <laughs> sorry, Andre the Muff Diver. <laughs> oh, hope he doesn't hear this to get offended and come and like slap me about or something. Slap me about? <laughs> getting slapped about by Andre the Stripper or whatever his name is Andre the Stripper Dr. Dre <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's uh, that's pretty much all we have time for on this one this was, this one went even quicker than the last one oh my word we just, uh, hopefully this isn't really boring if you like it please let us know message us on Instagram or Facebook. At or... Jacked Music. Well, that's with a four instead of an A. <clears throat> J4CKED. ED. ED. Anyway, yes, hopefully you enjoyed it. We'll see you in the next episode of Two DJs, One House. <laughs>